She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Katherine Gray. Hi, welcome everybody to Live, Love, Thrive Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360 Karma. We're so happy to have you with us today, and we are so happy to have our guests with us today. She is phenomenal. I can't wait to share your story with this wonderful fashion designer who's also mixing tech with fashion to help uh, save the lives of horses and dogs. And if that sounds like a interesting uh, concept, well, it is. So uh, stay with us and you're gonna find out all about that. Thanks so much for tuning in and please give a warm welcome to my guest, Dahlia McPhee. Hi, Dahlia, how are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so happy to have you. You know, I can understand why you're a successful businesswoman. You came up to me at the event. You're like, I want to be on your show. And I'm like, I want you on my show. Uh, I I think uh, your story is extraordinary. Uh, you started life in Vancouver, Canada, right? That's right. That's Which is right. my my wife and I. It's one of our favorite places. I know. Yeah. Well, we're chatting about it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just came back. Every time I get a little bit rude, they send me back over there. <laughs> Did they say me... you got that from living in L.A.? Yeah, I've been. They've been sending me back quite a bit recently. Like... So you go between <laughs> Vancouver and Los Angeles. I do. Yeah. I mean, as a fashion designer, I would imagine that you need to be in Los Angeles. And New York. You really have to be, it, well, you can be anywhere now because yeah. of the digital world. Um, yeah. New York is obviously great. I used to spend a lot of time in New York. Yeah. But I'm a West Coast girl at heart. Yeah. And I have a, I have a love-hate relationship with New York. I like being able to get in my car and, yeah. and uh, so I go there. Tool around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, how, we're going to talk about how you got, you know, there's so many people out there, I'm sure, that... Um, are thinking they would they would love to be designing fashion. I mean, what a cool job is that that you created for yourself? It's and, not cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems cool, and, and you've been su- super successful. I mean, your clothes you. are in everything from Nordstrom to Dillard to, uh, you tell me some of the other ones. Uh, uh, Nordstrom's, Bloomies, Neiman's. Yeah, um, all the big department TJ stores. Maxx. Yeah. Yeah, Although they're having Macy's. a good sale right now. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, and we're going to talk about also that you're an equestrian and that you actually combine uh, technology and fashion yeah. to design something that saves the lives of horses uh, when the fires come about here in Los Angeles or San Diego or wherever in the world. Yeah. Right. And uh, I think that's just extraordinary. So thank you. I want to talk about that. But let's talk about how you got into this fashion design business. So first of all, you came from a family that had a retail business. Yeah, I I grew up in an entrepreneurial family in yeah. Canada, and my parents actually had a chain of clothing stores. So, so you didn't have a chance. You grew up in an entrepreneurial. Oh, family. I had no desire <laughs> to get into clothing. Yeah. I was studying right. free law. Yes, you know, because the the thing is, is that being in an entrepreneurial family, yeah, it was there were you know the vacation was oh no we're not going to Disneyland we're going to go to the factories in China. <laughs> you know? Yeah, try to so, make it look like that was going to be fun. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> You know, my everyone else was doing book reports on on you know their fun times in Fantasyland, and mine was on the NAFTA trading conditions. And <laughs> so, but you know, and and as funny as you think, you know, your childhood was so different than most people. In the long run, it's really served you well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think mindset is everything. Yes, and we talked about that this morning. That's right. Mercury's in retrograde, but. What's more important is what we say and what we think and what we manifest 
uh, with our, our mind and our thoughts Ab in any absolutely. situation. But if it starts shaking, I'm under the table. I'm out of here. I'll just let you know <laughs> right, right now. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, there is some validity to it, but we can always maneuver through whatever it is, retrograde or whatever. Well, it's self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. You know, yes. we were joking outside earlier, and I'd said, sure, you know, if you think the world is coming down, yeah. you're going to start noticing it everywhere in the same way yes. that if you think everything's coming your way, yes. you're going to start noticing that too, yes. you know, including the greyhound. You know, or, that's you even know. with what's going on in the world today, yeah. not to digress, but uh, it is uh, if we think that a higher consciousness is coming about because of all the bad that's happening, that it's bringing people to a higher level of conscious thinking, um, as opposed to the world's coming to an end, you know, uh, and that's like a whole nother deep discussion. But I, I do agree with you on what we say and think is what manifests. No, and I, th yeah. and I think you're right about the higher consciousness. I don't think we're coming to an end. I think we're coming to a crossroads. Yes. I think we're like able. Like a new level. Yeah, we're yeah. able. Look where our technology has gone. I yes. mean, and we've lived through it. So we're creating as fast as we can dream. Yes. And we're either going to use our technology to heal the world or we're going to use our technology to completely destroy the world. Right. It's completely up to us right it now. It is up to us. So. And, you know, uh, I'm sitting here talking to... Uh, like an inventor genius you are. I mean, I know you have like you have like eighty <laughs> uh, inventions and patents pending, and uh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, amazing. You know, uh, but that's why we're here on the planet, right? To download our gifts and then exactly, and then use them for the greater good, which is what you're doing, right? Um, and you are too, by the way. So well, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. So, so first of all. You're in this family, they're entrepreneurs, they have a retail business, you want nothing to do with it, you think you want to do pre-law, totally. but you get into that and decide, no, that isn't what you want to do. Completely. So your first foray into your own business was in jewelry. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's right. So I started, uh, I was still in, in uni, and uh, I started a small little jewelry collection, mm -hmm. and I hustled. You know, I think sometimes, too, when you're younger, you have nothing to lose. Yes. So you just kind of go for it. You're just fearless. It. You know, well, I mean, thank, thank goodness that learning how to speak and walk is put on toddlers. Yeah. Because if it was put on us, nothing would, we'd be crawling, bumbling idiots, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. We'd be too afraid. But so I started that first, and actually um, I had an infomercial out on a ring that I had invented and oh I was working gosh. with the home shopping network, but I didn't love it. Yeah. I just, it wasn't my, it wasn't my jam. Yeah. And so I continued with university right. and I'd always had a love of fashion and I specifically loved dresses, yes. loved gowns. And so, so that's where you made your first venture into your own line. Correct. Was in gowns. Correct. Which by the way, I told her I should have worn one today. What was I thinking? I've got one back here. <laughs> you got I one in your bag. You. Don't call me on that. <laughs> oh well. Next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but no, what I love that you just said was you were in the jewelry industry, you didn't love it, mm -hmm. you changed what you were doing. Right. That's so powerful for our listeners to remember that if you're not doing something you love, then change it. For sure. And it's all hard. Yeah. It's all hard. It's all so hard. Whether you love it or you don't love it, being an right. entrepreneur is hard. So yeah. you might as well do something you love. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. So then you went into fashion, starting with the gowns, and did phenomenally well with that. That's like when you're 
that's when your line really took off, like your your fashion line. Yeah, I you know I so I created a small capsule collection of mm -hmm. ten gowns, and okay. I called around, and um, I wasn't afraid to ask questions. That's right. one of the things was there was no ego. It was just. This is my kid, and I want my kid to do well in the world. Yes. And so someone had said, you've got to go to this trade show in the southeast. Yeah. And so I called up this showroom. It wasn't, you know, the fashion shows that everyone thinks it is. You're hustling. Yes. They give you a little bit of rack. Yeah. And they're like, go sell your stuff. Yeah, I've been to some of those in right. Vegas. I've seen that. The magic yeah. show? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And you said you went to Atlanta. So I used to have a showroom in Atlanta oh my at, gosh. at the Mart there. So I was there five times a year. Yeah. If you ever need any good restaurants, I... <laughs> Yeah. But, but what I love that you told me about you going to the show yeah. and shopping your gowns was that most of the booze were all like Middle Eastern men. Right. And you're like the only woman. And uh, that you like even pretended that you had a male boss just just so they would do business with you. Right. You know, it, it's so funny, you know. People, I know there's listeners laughing that they've done the same thing. Like, we've all done that kind of thing. Like, I, I know I was in a business, and I used to put the guy in touch with my boss, even though I was doing all the work behind right, it and, right. you know, made it happen. And I thought, well, I was getting paid. What do I care? Sure, you yeah. know, if he wants to talk to my male boss, I don't care. Yeah. You know, this is the kind of crap, you guys, that we have to put up with. But, um, but it worked for you. Well, you know, yeah. it's funny. So it worked, and long story short, I really, I, I hustled, and within a year, I was in a couple thousand stores in most major department stores. And that is amazing, Dahlia. Been, thank you. <laughs> How old were you then? I was 21. 21? Yeah. And you were in a couple thousand stores. 20 or 21. It was, you know, the timing was right as yeah. well. But And, uh, you know, uh, you and I talked about that, and it is so true. You can have the best product in the world, but it has to be the right time. Timing is everything. Yeah. Because even today, you said the, the, the gown niche isn't as popular as it was then, but you happen to be in the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. But since then, you've ventured into other products, blouses, handbags, whatnot. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, well, you yeah. have to. You know? I meant to tell you, uh, is, so Dahlia McPhee, is that your actual name? Yes. So I was like, <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, my God, her parents gave her, like, the perfect designer name. Like, you oh, were that's born a funny. designer. Yeah, well, that's such a wonderful fashion that's, designer that's name. That's funny. Well, yeah. yeah, probably my mom was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> she was thinking like, this is, this is for branding. <laughs> <laughs> I love your mom. <laughs> you know, it really does pay to have a go-getter mom. Oh, yeah. You know, so many people I've had on the show have attributed that they had a strong mom that was a trailblazer for their time because obviously there weren't a lot of women movers and shakers in that space uh, in the time that your mom was in it. Mm -hmm. And so that's really great you had that role model. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw her. I mean, people, you know, it was incredible. Yeah. She's still incredible. Yeah. So, you know. She's still in the business? She's not in the business, but yeah. I still call her all the time and go through war stories and she advises me. And, oh, that's that's you, know, you have to have a team. You've gotta have you've gotta have those voices pushing yeah. you. That's the other thing for entrepreneurs, I always say, don't try to do everything yourself. No. Do what you're good at and, and let other people around you do what they're great right, at. Right. Everyone's and, got their gift. Yeah. You know. And, and let them do their gift and then it gives you time to do your gift. Right. Yeah. Right. Hard to do sometimes when you're bootstrapping. 
Yes, it is <laughs> hard. Know? It is hard because, that, yeah, that's the first thing an entrepreneur would say. Oh, that'd be great to surround myself with that. But how do I do that financially? Well, but, you have to get to that point. Yes. And then, and then yes. you start doing it. Yes. You know? But it's interesting what you spoke about the male bosses because that worked for me for a while. And then a couple years later, I had to go to China to the factories. Yeah. And I called one of my best guy friends. And I would said, I need you to do me a favor. First of all, I was going into an area where there's like really no female, white females, yeah. CEOs. So I was a little nervous. Yeah. And, but I was afraid of the culture. And I'd said, you're going to come and you're going to be my boss. Yeah. And so now here we are at the factory and I'm very upset about something that just happened. And I'm sitting in this room and my friend's on his laptop, my boss. Yeah. And we've got the factory owner and some of, you know, the people working for him and two women. And I'm negotiating with him, and he keeps looking to my friend yeah, right. to get the answers. Yes. And my friend's very liberal. So he goes, well, ask her. And nothing was happening. And I stood up, and I slammed my pencil down, and I said, from this point on, I'm the boss. And I looked at my friend and said, do you have a problem with that? <laughs> He's like, and, you know, it was, it was like there was a new respect because we weren't getting anything done. So right. I was like, why did I bring him? This that, is just. That's great. And the two women in the room, you could see they were kind of smiling. Like they felt empowered. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Okay. This woman just took charge. No, but by uh, taking the role, you definitely did. You know, you break down barriers when you do that. So I'm you proud of you. You live by example. Thank yes, you. Yes. <laughs> it's so true. Um, so. Now you design other things, blouses and handbags and dresses right. and stuff we talked about, and I think we have some of those. Um, so you you sit down and sketch those out? Like, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> or is it done on a computer? Or? Uh, it's, so it's a combination of everything. I've, I've got a team as well. Yeah. And it's a combo. Some of the stuff is done on computer. Some is done, you know, freestyle. Right. Um, some is literally just written out like code. Right. And I'm like, able to. Do you to... see it in your head? Like, is that how it starts? I mean, I don't know. I'm just so it's, curious. There's, there's so many different. So I, the inspiration for me always starts with the end user. It's what oh, are, what's going that. to make the women happy. What will they right. buy? What will be affordable? What will fit them? What's right. conscious? Right. And, then when you, and then you start working in those realms. Like speaking of conscious, you were the first one to start using the vegan materials right? right it was one of the first one yeah. of the first and now it's like common and everybody's like oh you got to have vegan materials right. but you were one of those trailblazers yeah and yeah. at the time people thought you know I couldn't do an interview anywhere and say the collection's vegan because they wouldn't actually see the collection they'd think that it was potato sacks and Birkenstocks <laughs> you know so I always right. believe that you get something as a part of culture. Right. And then, so I'd, I'd pull the vegans aside and be like, hey, it's vegan. Yeah. And with the other people, I'd do a big show where they'd they go, oh, my it. God, wow, wow, wow. And then I'd say, hey, did you know what vegan looks like? Yeah. It looks like that. Right. And so, and then you get them like, oh, okay. It still took 15 years. <laughs> Unbelievable. You are really such a visionary. Thank you. You know, that you saw that way before anybody else did. Um, and now you are making a foray of, of combining um, technology and fashion, which let's tell the funny story, by the way, that you did this way before its time. And you would put a product, a jeans product in Macy's that was 
combining genes and technology, technology. the fiber optic genes. And yeah. you know, like any entrepreneur, yeah. you try a lot of different things and people, they don't always work. No. So you do have your stories of things that didn't work. The cool thing about people is they tend to remember all the things you did right and not the things you did wrong. Really? Who, well, I yeah. need to hang out with your people <laughs> because in my world, they remember what you did wrong. Oh, really? Because I think, you know, they'll just, you know, once you're a super successful person, they look at all those things like, you know, like let's say Mark Cuban or somebody, you look at all of his successes, but oh, that's I'm sure true. he had fa failures, but sure. people only see the five successes, not the 20 failures. That's what I meant. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> sorry, Mark Cuban. Um, I'm sure you had no failures. He's watching. <laughs> you never know. Hi, Mark. I've got pet products. <laughs> so speaking of pet products, so now you actually are moving into the pet product uh, uh, arena uh, and combining fashion and technology for this. You're an equestrian, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I grew cool. up with horses. Yeah. Um, I have a horse out in Calabasas, and right. I, I still ride oh. and jump. And Is that like your way of um, bal getting balance in your life? Because I know uh, I think for entrepreneur is a workaholic. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always say a happy entrepreneur is a successful entrepreneur. So yeah. you have to take time for the things that move your soul. Yeah. And I've, I've loved horses since I was a little girl. I love I, that. I think uh, they're the most fair animal. Yeah. You know, love dogs, but they're easy. Yeah. Cats are a little hard. Yeah. But horses are just fair. And uh, and especially when you're riding and, and you're jumping big fences on this animal that's 2,000 pounds, it's a partnership. Wow. You know? Yeah. So, um, but so there was, there, there were all sorts of things that we needed in the equestrian world. And well, and one of the things that came to light when there were the fires both in San Diego and Malibu for you was that, hey, uh, we, we've got to combine the technology and fashion. Um, I forgot to finish the story about your Macy's. Uh, oh, did you want to hear that? Or? Yeah, well, oh, okay. uh, I, I know you... Uh, There's so many stories in so I little know, time. I know, I know. You should extend the show. I know. You, but uh, <laughs> you did put jeans into Macy's that had... Um, some Fiber optic technology. Yeah, and, and it didn't go over well. And, and, and uh, uh, you I said, was stopped in the airport. Yeah. I I'd created these jeans. It was right after 9-11. And imagine you got... A that beautiful. was bad timing, Dahlia. Okay. <laughs> I don't always get it right. And you said you wouldn't remember. <laughs> That's right. I did. <laughs> I had um, created these beautiful premium denim jeans. Yeah. And then imagine in the back pocket, via fiber optic technology, a pair yeah. of lips appears, blows a kiss at you, and disappears back into the pocket. Oh, my God. And it had all cool sorts idea. of designs. And yeah. um, they were machine washable. And you'd, you'd plug them into the wall to charge. Yeah. And so I got a meeting with Macy's, and I didn't have time to change. So I wore the jeans, ran through security. This is right after 9-11, right? So, of course, I set off the sensors, and they're patting me down. And they're like, um, yeah, so you've got wires in your back pocket. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I, I've invented the first light-up premium <laughs> denim jeans. Okay, so you have to show how it works like a laptop. Well, I'd forgotten the battery. Oh, my You see, gosh. you should always have extra batteries. <laughs> and so now I'm, I'm, now I'm surrounded by 15 officers. <laughs> Who think you have a bomb and in your I, pants. Yeah. Right. They were, they were like, we think you've invented the first butt bomb. That's what we think you've invented. So luckily I found an extra battery, and I, I demonstrated it, and then, you and know. And all was well. They loved 
love. They were like, you should patent that. And, but uh, Macy's bought these, thought they'd be a big hit, and and it didn't work out that way. It was it yeah. was their biggest flop. But you <laughs> well, know, at least, it, at least it was their biggest. I know. If you're gonna go, <laughs> go for it. Go big. big. <laughs> but you know, th- but you, when you talk about timing, people mm-hmm. didn't have. Uh, phones where they were doing video. I mean, how do you show this? Right, right. Yes, it was so different then. But I put it on the back burner, and I thought, there's a time for everything. Right. And then, whoosh, you know, you see how many years pass by. 18 years pass, and we're in a completely different world. Yeah. And so now, are you implementing them into your clothing? Because I know we're going to talk about you implementing them into the animal clothing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, that's a great story. (laughs) Um, So now, uh, as an equestrian, back to that story, when there were the fires in Malibu and uh, San Diego, um, a lot of horses lost their lives, and it was just horrific. And you invented this blanket uh, to put on them to prevent them from burning and also with a built-in GPS, right? Right, right. So they can find them. And we actually have a clip of uh, a story about this on the news. So let's roll that for a minute. Humans that are affected by these wildfires, pets and livestock threatened as well. The Los Angeles woman has come up with something that she hopes will help horses survive these deadly blazes. Al Eisner has that story. Horses running from the intense flames of the 2017 Lilac Fire in San Diego County. No people were killed, but 46 horses were at a training facility. It was an awful thing to equestrian Dahlia McPhee, who designed the orange coat on her horse Wolfie. This is for like a quick evacuation? In other words, if authorities tell a horse owner, let your horses go and get out of here now, which happens from time to time. Well, that was fascinating. <laughs> um, you know, uh, I, so you got it on the news, which is great because then people found out about it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and again, timing's everything. So what happened was a couple years ago, I was mm-hmm. out of town, and that big fire went through Calabasas. Mm-hmm. And so I called the stables, and I would said, what's going on? How's Wolfie? And they would said, okay, the fire department's here. The stables are starting to catch fire. And I'd said, well, where are the evacuation trailers? And they'd said, well, the fire department won't let the evacuation trailers in because if they break down, the roads are blocked and civilians can't go. A lot of people don't know this. This is one of the reasons there's a need. Right. They can't get evacuated in time. Right. So I'd said, well, then what's the plan? Because the stables are starting to catch fire. Mm-hmm. And fire department said, um, set the horses loose or hose them down so they burn slower. <gasps> Oh my God, that's uh, horrific! Yeah, and oh my God, you know, and I, I, it, the seed had been planted then, but I didn't do anything about it. Cut to um, and uh, but your horse end up s- uh, surviving that. The, our trailers were very, we were very lucky. They found a back road to get in. Mm. My horse was the last to get on the trailer. Oh my gosh! So you know, the seed had been planted. I didn't do anything about it. Cut to the lilac fire, which happened. In 2017, mm-hmm. in and San Diego, in San Luis Ray Downs, uh-huh. and which you saw in the clip, where right. there were, you know, again, same thing. A fire comes through quickly. There mm-hmm. wasn't enough time to get the horses out, and they did the right thing. They set them loose because there was no mm-hmm. chance. Mm-hmm. And I called up a friend of mine, and I'd said, I can't watch this. And I'd said, How come no one has invented a fully fire retardant horse blanket with GPS? And she'd right. said, Why don't you create one? And so I got to work, and there was a lot of research that was done. Right. Um, the pricing that we're offering it at shouldn't be this low, but mm-hmm. this is 
from the heart. So you know? where do people get that? They might be listening, want to go. So you can, you can, there's, uh, the best place is actually to go onto the website, which mm-hmm. is Dahlia McPhee, D-A-L-I-A-M-A-C-P-H-E-E.com. Mm-hmm. And if you click under shop and Equisafe, mm-hmm. which is the name of the blanket. Equisafe. And yeah. it's, it's uh, patent pending. The mm-hmm. fabrics are proprietary. There's a few levels of protection. Mm-hmm. I actually, you know, I'll often demonstrate it with a blowtorch over my arm. Oh, wow. Just because it's it's that good. I know you wanted to bring that blowtorch on the set today. Kath- I'm like, no, Catherine was no like, Dahlia. oh, I like my eyebrows. No blowtorch. <laughs> I've demonstrated that multiple times, yeah. and I've been successful every time but once. <laughs> oh, that, and, no that, and that's gonna, why I didn't let you go. No one's going to miss bring. that guy. <laughs> you know? You're funny. So uh, this is amazing. And this then, is amazing. by the and, way, and it oh. sounds like exactly what you said. You find a need, and then you create a product. Yeah, yeah, and also, you know, the thing is, is so there's, there's so much going on in the world right now mm-hmm. is that, you know, you can sit and you can watch and you can be apathetic and you can share and you can say, oh, isn't that terrible? Or, or you, you can, can stop something. being a victim and you can say, how do I fix this? Right, I love and that. And so that was that was the first of many. And, right. you know, when I do something, I do it right. So, you know, yeah. I went and I spoke with the wild firefighters right. and spoke with NASA and spoke with the... Um, the fighter pilots. Yeah, you were proactive. To figure out, okay, yeah. how do they get burned? And then the GPS is really important because yeah. often people can't find the horses. And another thing that people don't know is that you have people who will pick up loose horses yeah. and take them to auction houses yes. to auction them I off for that. slaughter. Oh, my God. That is so horrific. So, yeah. you know, we, we need yes. all of these. We need a lot more, but yes. this was a start. And a start, yeah. I actually um, just patented and released the first ever fully fire retardant dog I love blanket that. with GPS. I love that. We have our little dog. It's and adorable. Yeah. yeah. I, I oh, mean, I'll have to get you one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who doesn't love their, their pets? I mean. We and should just have it. Like, yes. there, there aren't even any standards yeah. for I'm, the animals. I'm so glad that you did this. Thank I you. I mean, to think it didn't exist and that you filled that need and you're gonna your product is gonna save so many lives this is amazing Dahlia well and it's actually going to be carried by the top two equestrian retailers in the I United love States that. I love so that. um any of my horse people can also get them there That's which is so great cool. and then and then that kind of inspired what else yeah, so yeah. hang on because there's there's some really cool things coming out for dogs and horses and oh I love it come on tell us I can't tell you yet unless, oh, you can't tell unless everyone yet. wants to sign a blanket NDA yeah. right now, and I'll wait. Okay, we'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what can you tell us? What are some uh, clothing or clothing in tech or whatever you have coming up, anything that we should know about or any fashion shows? Um, well, oh, my gosh. I mean, there's so much stuff. I just uh, – well, I have a collaboration coming up with Red Bull. Oh, really? We're doing, I love collaborations, Uh uh, and I love always attaching to causes with the fashion. Oh, yeah, I I saw you do that. That's wonderful. Um, So so we're teaming up uh, with one of their athletes Mm -hmm. and doing a high fashion shoot, and I'm actually creating a techie thing for this particular athlete that Red Bull's going to support. Yeah. And, And it's also kind of, this is a woman who does everything. And so it's a story of why can't you be everything? Yeah. Why can't you be glamorous and why can't you be, you know, dirty in the mud and, yeah. you know, it's like the run whole the gamut. gamut. Sure, why yeah. not? Why not? Why not? I love your chutzpah. Yeah. I <laughs> that's do. That's a good that's good yeah. that you knew that word. <laughs> 
Well, thank you for being here, and thanks you for all the cool things oh, you're doing for in the world, me. Uh, making the planet a better place. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks, and you too. Thank you, and thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you viewing, and we hope you go out there and make the world a better place yourself. Hugs and happiness. <laughs>